Hello and welcome to season two of Social Work Journeys, a podcast brought to you by the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research at Bryn Mawr College. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Mary Florence Sullivan and I am your host. Social Work Journeys was created to showcase our incredible community. We feature conversations with GSSWSR students, alums, faculty, and staff, where we talk about their journeys through social work and all the peaks and valleys they've traversed along the way. We hope our podcast gives you some insight into the many pathways a career in social work can present and will help answer some questions that might come up as we explore the world together. Today, we are joined by two special guests for a conversation about the importance of social sector leadership and social work. First, you will hear from Quanisha Green, Associate Director for GSSWSR Center for Professional Development and an alum of our MSS program. You'll then hear from MSS student Jennifer Nix, who recently completed a summer fellowship with the GSSWSR and designed a project relating to expanding social workers and social work students' engagement with social sector leadership. Hello, everybody. I'm so uh, thrilled to have one of our newest staff members here with me today, Quanisha, who is our Associate Director for Professional Development here at the Graduate School of Social Work. Quanisha, if you could please, I know I just introduced you <laughs> twice, but if you could just introduce yourself with your pronouns, your a little bit about your role, but also any personal or professional interests that you have. Sure. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Quanisha Green, once again, my <laughs> pronouns are she, her. I'm the Associate Director for the Center for Professional Development, and I oversee our Nelly programs. And Nelly is a nonprofit executive leadership institute, where my role is to really help social sector professionals to transition into different levels of leadership. So we have one program, um, Set Your Sights for Organizational Leadership, that really helps middle managers meet that challenge of going into senior and executive uh, leadership. And then we have another program, which the name is going to change, but right now is Building Organizational Resilience for Changing Times. That program is more for senior and executive leaders to help them with strategic thinking and organizational development. So I'm really excited to be part of the team and bringing my love for the nonprofit and social sector community Um, after being an entrepreneur for the last eight years with my own business. So that's really exciting. My interests, I would say my interests, I love to read. I particularly love like creative nonfiction and self-help books. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my little indulgence. I think they're really fun to read, actually. (laughs) You never stop improving yourself. No. (laughs) I love a good self-help book. Um, as you know, as you heal yeah. and self care and all those things like that. So very, I feel like that they're very. They make you feel very positive about yes. possibilities and things like that. So one thing that I didn't share in the intro, well, in the the interview intro, not the episode intro, is something really special. Is that you are an alum of the school, which is really cool. So we're always very happy to have, of course, alums back in our community, but especially having somebody on staff is pretty amazing. So if you could share a little bit about your own 
social work and career journey, specifically about um, maybe how you decided to apply to social work school and what your social work journey was like um, after that? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm thinking about that question. I realized I was like, my social work journey started in undergrad in a way where I didn't major in social work. We didn't have that at Penn. It was sociology. But Mm -hmm. I kept asking this question, when are we going to learn how to affect change? And eventually, by my junior year, um, well, sociology was fun because I grew up in the South Bronx in housing projects. And sociology started to explain my life in mm. some way. And my mother also had a substance abuse problem. So it was like I started to have terms and language to describe what was going on in my life and the changes I was even seeing in my community as I grew up. Because it always actually used my high school like senior thesis to actually study my neighborhood. So oh, it was wow. like, how is all this changing? And so junior year, when the head of the sociology department told me, you will never learn that here, how to affect change. I was like, okay, that's a bummer. I have like <laughs> two classes left in sociology. <laughs> I was so excited about sociology. Like yeah. I took all my major uh, courses early. And then I took some time off from and actually wound up withdrawing from there. But I actually wound up going to Springfield College, which Mm -hmm. is the school that founded the YMCA's Mm -hmm. in the country and doing human services. Because at the time, I was in um, the McNair Scholars Program, so going towards research. And I was like, I don't want to be a PhD that's Mm -hmm. just a scholar. Mm -hmm. I actually want to... I actually wanted to be someone that had practical experience and not just a talking head. Mm. So as I kind of went along in my career, I started out in youth development and education. And that's when I learned about community organizing. So I started working for an organization called ACORN, which was at the time the largest community organization of low to moderate income people. Um, So I started in South Florida doing like foreclosure prevention, um, eventually moved back to Pennsylvania and doing education reform. And so that's when I really learned the practical aspects of applying social change and really making a difference from the neighborhood level all the way to like the policy level, because we would do that type of work as well. And so that was one of the highlights, I would say, of my career. Um, And I was in a position as the director of leadership and community development. And that's when I was thinking about where did I want to go? I knew I wanted to pursue an advanced degree and it was between law school and social work and social work just had more diverse options. And when I met with Sheila Gillins, who I think she still is the yes. head of the admissions <laughs> office for social work here at Bryn Mawr. She was like, yes, it is time. It is time for you yes. to get your master's degree <laughs> to round all this experience out. So that was really exciting. Um, and so I was like, yeah, social work. And um, and because of my interest in school at the time had the certificate in law and social policy, mm-hmm. even though I didn't do that, I wound up doing the certificate in organizational behavior and management because I was really interested in how community organizations operate and how they were formed and particularly the experiences of African-American women mm-hmm. in those organizations. So that was like part of my master's thesis, studying Black women and our mental health and all those aspects around how we show up as leaders. So yeah, so social work um, really was something that drove my interest. And, you know, going to graduate school was just a big part of that. And it actually led to me after social work, working for myself mm-hmm. and supporting Black women entrepreneurs. So I got to use all that social work yeah. education <laughs> in a for-profit uh, kind of container. Um, so yeah, that's my experience around social work and what led me here. 
um, and how I was after graduate school. Thank you for sharing. And it is so clear, like you said, just all of that experience from your journeys through community organizing, even why you chose to kind of go into a different field in college or different a different working world in college um, outside of sociology and the human services, but how you brought all of that in, how you should get to Florida with Acorn and really, and then brought it to your own, um, your own business that you were working, that you were working on. Um, it really shows how social work is made up of so many different experiences and not only parts of our life and who we are as people and our stories, you know, you talked about kind of your, your story a little bit, but how all of our professional experiences, all the interactions we have really blend together to bring us to where we are. So we're so happy to have you here. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I know you mentioned a little bit about your role as associate director for Center for the Center for Professional Development here at the school. And if you could um, talk about, you also mentioned this, we, we have a grown, we're trying to grow our focus a little bit on this social sector leadership world of social work. And social sector leadership means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And it also means different things in different fields of, of study. So in business, the business world, or um, um, different nonprofit leadership worlds, and specifically in social work, social sector leadership can mean many things. So if you could talk a little bit about what it means to you, um, what does social sector leadership mean to you as a social worker, as someone who who um, was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur, who's joined us here as, at the school, what, is, uh, what does social sector leadership mean to you? Yeah, I think about it, I think about social sector leadership in both the informal and the formal. Mm -hmm. So given my community organizing background, I think about the community member who wants the stop sign in her yes. neighborhood and is like, I need to gather signatures from the people in my community. Yeah. Who am I going to call, yeah. right, yeah. in my local government agency to make sure that we can get this stop sign or this park or whatever it is for our neighborhoods. To me, that's a leader, mm -hmm. right, even if she doesn't have a formal title. Um, then I also think about formal titles, like people who are in senior leadership or executive leadership, or even a middleman, a supervisor, a middle manager, where they have the formal title within an organization for leading people, for leading change. Um, and then all the way to our kind of top of the line, when we think about advocacy, like who are our elected officials and those people who are higher up, who are making more, you can say, I don't want to say more impact because I think we all can make impact in different ways, yeah. but I guess more sweeping changes mm -hmm. when you think about advocacy and public policy that they yeah. have an impact on. So definitely it, kind of impacting more people uh -huh. um, in that change. So both the informal and the formal, to me, all of those are leaders. Um, and part of our job here at, at Nelly, at least part of my role, is bringing those people in so that we can support them in their leadership journey mm -hmm. as they move along. Yeah, I love breaking it down into informal and formal. I hadn't I heard that before, and I love it in the context of social work because of the community organizing aspect and also just working with communities and working with um, and collaborating with people in communities to affect change, like you've been talking about, and how social sector leadership can can come from that um, from that community space. So, on that note, why do you think as somebody who's working on Nelly and somebody who's who's thinking a lot about this right now, why is it important for social workers specifically to engage in social sector leadership? Yeah, I think for social workers, um, like we just said, and one of the interests that I had in social work is that there's so much diversity yes. yeah. there. And then I think the question of who is 
affecting change and who is at the forefront of affecting change. And I think social work has so many hands in the pot when it comes to uh, change in the world, whether it's from that micro aspect of dealing with say families and children and people to the mezzo aspect of leading organizations to that macro aspect of public policy. Social work is in all of those, Uh right? So when we think about who's leading the change, who's going to be at the forefront. And then with social work, education is so holistic. We think about that bio, psycho, social, Uh the whole person, their family dynamics, their neighborhood dynamics, the world in which we're living in. Uh And you know, in sociology, I didn't learn that, mm. right? It was just the study of things, <laughs> study of the social, oh, yeah. <laughs> the social <laughs> aspect, the study of things. Um, and it wasn't about touching all those facets of society and all those factors that impact who we are. So I think our education as social workers lends itself to being holistic leaders and transformative leaders in that aspect of it, because our education is already helping us in our practical experience, because our education in, involves practicums and the actual practical experience so when I think about who's equipped right to help lead change or to lead people who are leading change I think social workers are very well equipped and trained to do that yeah I love I love bringing in the holistic aspect of social work and how it really translates to leadership from a from a social work and a social sector perspective and how social workers are so, like you said, uniquely equipped and positioned to engage in all of those different pieces and be able to see all of that. And part of our, I think, obligation as social workers is to continue to strive to really engage in all those pieces and really immerse yourself in what it means to collaborate with communities to affect change and to encourage um, support leadership there. So I really appreciate you bringing in that like, holistic piece. Um, so. What is, so you are here at the graduate school again, which is um, very exciting for all of us, as we've said, and we always like to ask people, especially people who are, um, who've, you know, who are alums, but who've been through a bit of their social work journey and who've started to learn some things. What is something you wished someone had shared with you either before coming to graduate school or before starting your social work journey, or I guess it's a different ways of phrasing that is like, what's a piece of advice that you did get that was great? So mm-hmm. there's something you wish you would have heard that you want to give to people now and or a piece of advice that you did get that mm-hmm. you appreciated from somebody. Let's see, I think, well, I can do a little bit of each. So I, I mentioned this in a staff meeting the other day um, in, in a meeting with our dean and she thought it was really interesting. And so Toba Kirsten was a professor here at the School of Social Work, excuse me, and she taught the foundations class or the class that all first years yeah, take. Yeah. And one of the pieces of advice that she gave, so this is more, I guess, for incoming students, or it could still help students at any level. She was like, the social work school is like tennis. <laughs> she was like, the balls are going to just keep coming at you and you just want to keep hitting the balls. Don't stop hitting the balls. Keep just keep doing it. Because if you that. miss, the balls are still going to come. <laughs> And so anytime I was doing an assignment or if I'm like, oh my God, can I do this assignment? It was just like, just hit the balls, Kanisha. Just do the reading, do as much as you can. Don't stop hitting the balls. And so, cause I I did the program full-time while also still working full-time and I had a toddler at the time. So it was just like, don't stop hitting the balls. So that's one thing I would say as far as like advice that was given that really helped me to 
get through the program yeah. and finish the program on time. <laughs> I mean, balancing all of those different pieces too. That's such yeah. good advice. So that was good advice. And the advice I would have for just based on my experience is mm-hmm. to tell people to be open, just yeah. be open. Um, I think probably most of us come in and I think our essay kind of lends itself to that where you may have a passion around a certain mm-hmm. interest or you're like, oh, I'm going to do this program and this program at the School of Social Work. And I think when you're open, it's almost allowing the coursework and your practicums to speak to you mm-hmm. because you may develop new interests, yeah. right? And you may decide, like I like I shared, I thought I was going to do the law and social policy right. certificate. Yeah. And I was like, actually, I want to do more of the organizational yeah. Yeah. Uh, work and look at organizations and really fascinate about the workplace and how yeah. does that work and how do people actually lead, yeah. right? And so my interest changed from just focusing on community organizing mm-hmm to more the organizational aspects Mm -hmm. of and systems and development and that aspects of things. So I think just being open and allowing yourself to explore your interests is like Mm -hmm. school is one of the best times to do that. Um, I don't think we get many opportunities in our in our career path to always explore our interests and what we want to do. And so, yeah, just be open to the possibility, see where your interests are and allow yourself to do that within your education and as much even in your career too. Yeah. See where, you know, your interests take you. Yeah, that's such a beautiful way to um, to to close that because there's so many uh, people I think and I feel like I say this every time I'm talking to somebody, but there's so many people in social work who come from just different different backgrounds of um, career experience um, who come here from you know law, even in our current second year class I'm thinking of people who are lawyers who are teachers for a long time in different areas um, writers artists people who've done something for for years of their life and then decide that there's something called social work that they can pursue. So I think really being open to that and continuing to be open to that in social work and in your um, practicum that you're doing. And maybe you'll start coming in and saying, I want to do clinical work and I know that's what I want to do. And then you take a class like you're talking about and you just have a totally different experience Mm -hmm. and want to do something else. So those are incredible pieces of advice. I love the tennis piece. I think that's (laughs) a great too for when you are a social worker because there's nothing... There is nothing like working in an organization with a lot of people and just yeah. all the different things that come at you all the time. So, um, yeah, anyway. social workers, we wear many hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a tennis player. I mean, I've, uh, I have not hit a tennis ball probably since I was like in gym class in <laughs> elementary school. And that was many years ago. And it probably happened like one time with a broken racket or something. <laughs> but uh, I am not a nimble person, but I think that is a very good um, metaphor for how to approach this work and how to approach social work school, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we are winding down, if you could just share something fun with us. I know you talked about your interest at the beginning and um, the reading that you love to do, but it's a fun, a fun thing with us that has nothing to do with work. It could have to do with social work, but um, <laughs> something fun. <laughs> I was, comes to mind. I don't know why this question was so hard for me. It's I think I'm at a place in my life where I'm on a joy quest. I love that. Where I'm trying to figure out what does joy mean for yeah. me right now. So I'm crocheting. Wow. Oh I'm gosh. doing like different workouts. I still, I'm a mom. So sometimes that's fun is like, I started swimming every weekend with the kids. Yeah. And so I've been thinking about like, what did I enjoy when I was younger? And how do I start to do that now? So I would say the fun fact about me is that I'm on a joy quest. To figure out what brings me joy right now. Like I'll be 40 next year. So it was like I'm entering a whole different phase of life. (laughs) It's like, what 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 do I enjoy at this time? And like what's fun, what used to be fun and trying it out to see if I still enjoy it. And then 
trying to foster that for my kids, this sense of adventure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I would say it's a fun fact. I love that. Right I love the phrase joy quest yeah. too. That's such a great, uh, I love that. I've heard that before. Um, but that is, that is a really, I think, important thing that we can all, a piece of advice that we can all take on, I think is finding joy in things and kind of play and things. Yeah. Play. <laughs> yeah. Because we we do stuff like unless you have a hobby that right. kind of lends itself to that, we stop playing and kids yeah. play with a whole bunch of stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. And if they don't want to do something anymore, it's not a big deal. It's not like oh well, you lost your interest in no. something. It's yeah, like, I don't want to play with that anymore. Oh <laughs> Moving on to the yeah. next thing. So like we yeah. can learn a lot from children. Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. This was delightful. It was wonderful to talk to you. And. Welcome. I mean, this will be coming out later in the fall, but since we are here in the summertime, welcome, welcome to, to back to campus and excited to have you here. Thank you. I really enjoyed our time today. Thank you, Quanisha. Okay, so I'm so excited to have one of our wonderful MSS students with me today, Jennifer Nix, to talk a little bit more about social sector leadership from the student graduate student perspective, and also to reflect a little bit on her work with our GSSWSR fellowship program. So Jen, welcome. If you could just give a little bit of an introduction your pronouns, any interests you want to talk about, either personal, professional, or both. And then we'll chat a little bit about your your work that you did over the summer. Yeah, great. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Um, so I'm at Jen Nix. I am a current MSS student. I'll be graduating in May. And I, um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, and so <laughs> I'm I am a, I'm definitely a career changer. Uh, I was a public supporter. I was a director. Go ahead. There you go. Uh, So I'm Jen, uh, Jen Dix. And so I am a current MSS student. I'll be graduating in May. And I, um, I came to social work school as a um, as a career changer. So I've been a couple of different things. I was a public interest lawyer. I was a development director. I was a policy person. And I, throughout all of this, one of the things that I have been interested in and involved in is, is working with nonprofits. And I have one thing I have had extensive um, experience um, throughout the whole time was working with boards. Which is a little bit. Um, if you if you talked about working with boards and enjoying working with boards, a lot of nonprofit leaders they get very uh, twitchy and they don't like they, oh boards. It's like no, what do we do? What do we do? So um, when so this summer I was working. I ended up at the fellowship through the through the social work school um, to work specifically on social sector leadership. And the area that I ended up focusing on was around boards um, because I felt like. Boards are something that uh, that I think more people should be involved in. So that's kind of the that was both my intro and here's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. it's all kind of connected. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so and the board piece, I know that you have a lot of strong feelings around getting social workers involved and also younger social workers. But before we get into that, if you could just talk a little bit about what social sector leadership as a concept, as an idea 
means to you as a student, as someone who was previously, or you are an attorney still, but somebody who, who <laughs> now is a, an attorney and a social worker, soon to be social worker. Um, and also somebody who has a lot of experience with nonprofits. Like what does the idea of social sector leadership mean to you? Yeah. And that was actually something I spent some time thinking about when I first got this fellowship, because I've always thought of, well, nonprofit leadership, but social sector leadership is a bit broader than that. And I think the the first idea is is really, to me, to have this mission-driven sort of focus that um, that the project or the organization or whatever it is that you're working on is, is at the end of the day, mission-driven. And so you can have so you can have social sector leaders that are not just nonprofit leaders, I guess is one way to think about it. That nonprofit leadership is is one thing, and that's you know, but but social sector leadership is broader than that. So you might have you might include in there um, pro bono, the people who are doing pro bono work at law firms or people doing um, sort of the the um, giving um, philanthropic work at uh, corporations or people doing, um, community work at sort of bigger organizations. So the idea is that it doesn't just mean you have to be within a nonprofit, you are doing mission-driven work, mm-hmm. perhaps within another entity, but it's all kind of part of the same, you know, you're, you're sort of working towards the betterment of the world um, within within all that context. Yeah, I like the distinction between nonprofit leadership and also just expanding it to be I don't want to say more collaborative, but collaborative in a different way with, like you said, different entities and in a way that just builds on, I think, nonprofit leadership. So you talked a little bit about boards and board membership. If you could kind of connect your definition to social sector leadership to the importance of boards, but maybe before doing that, the reason why we have been talking about boards so much is because you completed the fellowship this summer and you really chose to focus your project on boards. So if you could talk a little bit about your fellowship work and what your plans are for that, and then maybe connect to the idea of how boards fit into social sector leadership a little bit. Yeah. So, so in, so the project I was working on was kind of looking at social sector leadership and some, and some of the gaps, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in where um, we need some knowledge and work. So one of the things that in, in looking at, I've personally been to a fair number of professional development type things around both nonprofits and um, legal work, obviously. And one of the areas that I realized that there is not a lot of knowledge on is, is around board work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both from a from an, a, a leader perspective on how a leader might work with a board of directors, but also um, from a, from the perspective of somebody who's interested in joining a board. And what is you know I think I think a lot of people have this idea of a board as this place for your networking, your it's it's just like you know being on the board of the ballet and it, you're just mm-hmm. like, doing fancy you're getting dressed up and you're lunching with people and that is completely not my experience yeah. my experience <laughs> of boards has been everything from I'm really there just to raise money and other things where like okay now I'm figuring out the plumbing of this organization that I'm on the board of because uh, the board is basically <laughs> the staff so it's yeah. it really is like the whole the whole gamut of of experiences and I, I think people should know that because I personally think 
we need more people interested in board work. And I, but I also think if you are going to get involved with the board, you should know what you're getting into and know what to expect. And so (laughs) what I started working on was some professional development pieces that would address that. I'm interested in a couple the area that was kind of easiest to think about and to put something together on is the idea of like, you know, you as a social worker or we as social workers, what is it that we, um, what is it that, what is it that we need to know if we're mm-hmm. going to get on a board and how do we get people, you know, social work students, people out in the field, how do we get people to join a board and be effective as a board member? But then I'm also interested in thinking about how do um, executive directors and leaders work with their boards effectively? Because I, I have seen over my career, the, a real shift in Mm -hmm. what we expect boards to do, how, what, you know, what, how boards operate. And I I feel like we all could be um, better at working with, with our boards, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that, I think there's a lot of power in what a board can do, but I think you need to know how to like work with them. So that's kind of my like longer term vision um, for, for some of these conversations. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful for people to, to hear about. And I know I heard you say that your project was kind of focusing on some professional development in that area, which is exciting. And there, I think in the spring semester, we have plans to take that to our, take that a little bit closer to our community, which would involve doing like a community conversation or a training or something, which would involve you, I should say, doing a training or yes. a community conversation <laughs> to, uh, to the students, because I know one of the biggest bridges from what you're talking about as a gap in board leadership and the way people are thinking about it, um, a bridge from that to, to where we are is really getting students involved and social workers involved and younger social workers involved mm-hmm. as well. So that kind of leads into my next question, which is why is it important for social workers to engage in thinking about social sector leadership and also, and you, you touched on this a little bit, but think about social sector leadership and also to get involved in board membership from a from an earlier standpoint than another earlier time than than people might think traditionally you engage in board leadership. I know you said sometimes people think you're supposed to be a part of an agency for a long time, but there are other ways to engage from an earlier point. So why is it important for social workers to do that specifically, would you say? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there's a couple, there's a, a bunch of reasons. And one, one, so there's a lot of benefits to, to serving on a board, but I would say from a kind of macro perspective, boards make a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. They um, a board of directors or board of trustees, however, whichever the organization has, they are the ones who hire and fire the executive director. They're the ones who set the kind of mission and vision of the organization. And if we are working with clients in the field who are interacting with these organizations and we're frustrated with the way some of this works, the the way to kind of one of the ways to make some change on a systemic level is to be involved with the board. So mm-hmm. the board, just so, just so we're also clear about what a board role is, because I think this is something that it's also folks sometimes are confused by, mm-hmm. the boards don't do the day-to-day work. So if you were, say, to get involved with um, uh, the Women's Law Project, to, to give an example, which is a legal uh, legal organization here in Philadelphia that I was involved with for a very long time, um, 
that board would not be doing the legal work, right? But what they do do is hire and fire the executive director, which helps set the direction of the organization. They raise money for the organization. Also, that helps set, you know, what some of the priorities might be if there's grants or we're connecting them with. But they also would decide on the mission and vision of the organization. So Mm -hmm. if the organization, which at this point does a lot of reproductive rights work, if they wanted to do something different, the board would really have to say, okay, we're not going to do that kind of work anymore. We're going to shift it. And that definitely happens. Organizations shift their missions all the time because there's a different need in the community. There's, you know, things have just changed on the ground, but the board is the one who ultimately makes that decision. So you, if you want to see things different or you feel like organizations are not fulfilling their mission, one of the ways you can help address that is by being on the board. Um, I can say, having served on many boards, there's, we have a lot of, we've always had a lot of conversations about, okay, this policy is going into place. Does this fit with the mission of the organization? Is this mm-hmm. something that we can do? You know, what are, how do we, what are other ways that, that the um, organization needs to kind of, as a big picture, fulfill their mission? Um, so I think, I think it's another way that we as social workers can be trying to affect change, um, but from a systemic level. Um, and I also think it's a great leadership opportunity. Many of us will become leaders in our areas mm-hmm. uh, when we finish social work from, you know, that it's fairly fast paced from what I, you know, from yeah. my understanding is that yeah. people move up quickly, especially and now you are going to move up. That's been happening a lot more recently. Yeah. That's like a trend to have leadership roles kind of happen very quickly. Like you people entering into them pretty quickly in their mm-hmm. tenure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with turnover, you know, turnover is high. A lot of people are leaving, and it's if you want a leadership position, you should also be, not be not just be able to do the work on the ground, but be able to mm-hmm. understand the big picture work. Um, and it's also a great networking opportunity. Um, if you are in, if there's a field that you want to shift over to, say you've mm. been doing child welfare work for a long time, but you're really interested in environmental issues. One way to get your foot in the door is to get involved with the board because those are there's going to be other people on the board with similar interests. You'll meet people from the organization. You know, it's 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 a and also I can just say, too, I have um, there are I've served on a lot of boards and there are many people I've come across and I was like, oh, yeah, I was on a board with them. Yeah, I you know, I know you. Let's like mm-hmm. connect over this thing. Um, because a lot of other people serve, serve on boards. Boards are anywhere from four people to 20, depending on, on the organization. So I think it's, I think it's a valuable thing, especially for young, for not necessarily young, but newer social workers um, to get involved in a board, because I, I, I think that we do our clients a greater service if we're kind of paying attention to the, the bigger picture of the world that they're that our clients are working in absolutely no I think it really connects to and I think what you were saying about as social workers being part of that idea of checking in whether the organization is consistent about its mission and its values and what you were just ending on I think really speaks to just social work as a profession having a unique obligation towards social justice and having our own mission, our own values as a profession. So it really is a way to ensure that the organizations that we're supporting and what we're looking into either different worlds of work that we're looking into or different ways of um, 
engaging with the community. There's just a, there's just a sense of as a social worker on a board, you will be there to also ensure and, and talk about and check in about social justice and mission and how that's all connected. So I think that's a really yeah. important piece. Um, well, thank yeah, you absolutely. so much for this. I'm really excited for professional development happening and some trainings happening and just demystifying the board process for our students who are about to graduate. If before we finish, if you could just end on, if you have something that comes to mind, that's like a fun fact or a personal interest that you love outside of boards and social sector leadership and social work, (laughs) anything that comes to mind. So I am a, um, consummate rescuer of cats. I did know that. I was going to say, actually, my my fun fact for you in my head was, I wonder if she'll talk about her um, fostering of kittens and cats. Yes, I, I had three foster kittens last year. And actually, the last couple of weeks, I've been on another adventure to try and rescue these cats. I saw at my son's soccer field. So last night, I was... Um, walking around Fairmont with food and trying to find these two cats that I had seen. So <laughs> I, I saw one of the cats and I fed them, but yeah, it turns out this is like a theme that there's always like a cat carrier somewhere on my porch or somewhere near that I'm like trying to find trying to get cats. Somebody. I didn't, I don't think I realized. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I realized that you actually, cause I know some people like partner with an organization. I don't think I realized you also go out and try not in that yes I'm, I don't do it on purpose it, it's like <laughs> if I happen to know where a cat is I've now like been involved with enough rescue stuff that I right. can I don't have like a full-on trap or anything but I have definitely like there was a little black kitten that showed up in our neighborhood I don't know maybe six months ago and I ended up like doing all the stuff and caught it on my porch and then oh my gave it somebody else to foster. <laughs> so so I've had some success. Um, but yeah, it's sort of it, my, my family kind of rolls their eyes when I'm like, I, there's a cat here. I happen to have some food in my car. I'm going to see if I can catch it. <laughs> so I love that. They, they never know when my office is about to become a foster room. So. Oh. Well, from poor leadership to rescuing kittens, thank you so much for joining me. It was great to talk to you. And we'll talk to you soon and we'll see you in the spring yeah. for some trainings. Absolutely. Thanks, Can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. And a huge thank you to Quanisha and Jen. For more information on our guests, please check out their bios in today's episode description. We are grateful to our supporters, Spring Point Partners, for providing the funding that has made this podcast possible. We're also so grateful to the GSSWSR community for supporting us throughout our first season. Have an idea for an episode? Email us at gsswsr at brinmar.edu. Thanks for tuning in and see you in the community.